Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff, and I'm here with Pastor Matt, and today we're talking about the health of a parent. Yeah, and one of the great things about what we're doing here at Bridgeway is that all the leaders here, all of our pastors, all of our directors, everyone cares about equipping and resourcing the other adults in our church, in our region. And it's one of the great things, Cliff, about you wanting to start this up to support parents, to show them that they are not alone um, and it's awesome to have all of our other leaders here. And we have a we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. About, about who's here. Yeah, so today we have Heather Johnson, the Missional Communities Coordinator here at Bridgeway, and she does so many great things here at the church, connecting families together. And you also are a mother of two teenagers and a young adult as well, right? Yes. That's exciting. It is. <laughs> Super exciting. <laughs> Adventurous. Well, Lots of different adjectives could come in. Yes. And, uh, I love it. It's great. And what's great about Heather, too, is I kind of use her as my parent liaison um, as her both of her teenagers are in our group right now. And a lot of times I come into her office, I'm like, hey, this is my idea. As a parent, is this a good or bad idea? And so um, it's really awesome to have you on here, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So speaking of the health of a parent, the first question that comes to our minds is is this simple question. What is the m- most important thing a parent needs to prepare for themselves as a preteen becomes a teen? Well, there's a lot of transition that happens um, in that kind of preteen, I don't know, little gap of time. Um, and I think one of the the things that's helpful to realize as a parent is just that the the age of command is over (laughs) and the age of consent has arrived. Mm -hmm. So um, cooperation and understanding are really important and we need to expand our parenting skills beyond sort of timeout (laughs) um, and kind of punishment and lecture um, and really become more nuanced. Um, and it requires a different level, I think, of of kind of self-awareness and honestly, emotional intelligence, uh, because it's not that parenting in the early years is easy, but it's it's different and it requires more physical energy and consistency. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just talking to some other moms of teens that there's an emotional intensity that happens in the teenage years that you just really need to be prepared for. Yeah. Well, and what I hear you saying within that is that it makes it that the parents are having to relearn, which makes it very offsetting yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and frustrating. And so then that messes with their emotional health, their spiritual health. And then that's not even including what may be going on in their jobs right, and the lives of their younger kids and so on and so on. So hence why this topic is so important yeah. when, uh, when parents of teenagers are experiencing this. Yeah. And I think the thing with parenting is I think you kind of, you hit the school age years and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I kind of, you know, n- not the whole thing, but you kind of feel a little bit of confidence. Like, okay, I'm getting this thing figured out. And then yeah. you're thrown into the teenage years and all of a sudden things that, that used to not be a big deal are a big deal. And you're, mm-hmm. you know, totally even keeled kid can go way emotional and and then there's just all this dissonance in the house and it, it's very discombobulating honestly and so if it catches you off guard as a parent um it can trigger all sorts of things so that's where the the importance of kind of the the parental health 
honestly sets the stage for the health of the child. And and w- would you say that the the health of a parent starts even before they're a teenager? So kind of oh, yeah. in preparation. Yeah, definitely. That yeah, and that's what's really great. So if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you don't have a teenager, um, maybe you can even start now and start preparing for when your your preteen becomes a teenager. Because I agree, I've talked to multiple parents and they're like, "Wait, my my kid's a teenager now. I don't know, I don't know what's happening." So in this kind of realm of where our culture is going today, where everyone's busy, everyone's really. Um, have a lot of things on their plates and parents, they've got to take their kids to a bunch of different sporting events, extracurricular activities. They're busy themselves. So another question for you is how do parents come home after a long work day and come home to a teenager who's disrespectful, rude, and doesn't listen to them? What is the kind of thought process that a parent should have as they like drive home? <laughs> I know that's such We're a We're laughing hard... because that is such a loaded question. It's, it's a very loaded question. Um, I think that, I mean, some of the thought process is understanding what's going on with your teen will help increase your compassion and empathy. Hmm. So I think knowing the emotional roller coaster that they're on and the developmental stages that they're going through, like literally knowing some of the science, you know, listening to some podcasts, reading some books on what's going on for them helps you you get in their shoes a little bit. And I think that increases our empathy. I think that increases our patience, our compassion, um, in understanding that it's not about us, that mm-hmm. a lot of it is about them. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think that would be one mental shift that mm-hmm. would help with that patience and, and kind of some of the dissonance that's happening in the house. Um, I think... That some is, I think, understanding our our own triggers or our own that we have to have a level of self awareness. Yeah, that's good. That's to really know good. where it's them <laughs> and their disrespect or their inability to to maturely handle their emotions because yeah. they are not adults. Mm-hmm. They are young adults, and so they are in the process of maturity. And honestly, we maybe a lens we need to put on that I put on, I even say to myself, I am the adult in this relationship. Yeah, It is my responsibility to model maturity, mm-hmm. to handle maturity, <laughs> to handle yeah. it maturely, and and then all the, the domino effect from that. So those would be some of the lenses that I have, one, understanding them, and then two, saying to myself, I am the adult in this relationship. Yeah, that's really good because I think a lot of times when a teenager um, has a parent yelling at them, um, all they hear is the yelling rather than what they're saying. Right. So if we, I I really love what you're saying with this idea of, okay, calming yourself and be like, hey, I'm the adult. Because when you go into that conversation with, when the teenager is probably going to say something rude, probably going to say something that's going to trigger, you know, some insecurity in you. uh, But you've already, if you've already prepared for that, you're, you're able to kind of tell them the truth. Yeah. And I think as because patience and energy becomes more and more limited as you're going through those years, it really takes preparing yourself as a parent earlier, like in the day of going into that. Because I think, you know, I think especially a lot of parents, especially if you're working parents, which a lot of you are. You, you come from your job, and when you're coming home, there's a side of you that wants to decompress. 
and we don't go home thinking that we have more work to do. And yet, yeah. and yet then that's exactly what you're going into. You're going into still being an adult and still being a leader and as a Christian, still being a model right. yeah, to your to your kids. And I, I think even in premarital counseling, we used to say that with couples, or we still do, that like when you come home from your job, your greatest job is before you with your relationship with your spouse. But then yeah. with kids, that's amplified. Yeah. yeah. And so you, even when you drive home, you have to kind of – kind of prepare yourself or if you're coming to pick up your kids from school or from a sporting event, you have to go into that with a lot more humility. But like you said, uh, Heather, it's a, it's a lot about that awareness, that self-awareness of where are you? Yeah. What, what do you have to be reminding yourself of, of your identity and of who you are as the parent, but also who you are as someone that's trying to grow in health. And, uh, and so that's why we're talking, you know, kind yeah. of unpacking this piece by piece. Yeah. And I love, there's, I was doing a little, you know, kind of refresher stuff for, in preparing for the podcast. And um, one of the quotes I read was, you know, it's hard for kids to grow when they're not around growing parents. Mm. And so it really is that mindset that I'm growing, I'm changing, I want to encourage growth and change in them. And so it's even because, yeah, that'd be great if we could come home every day from work with these beautiful mindsets, you know, (laughs) but we don't. And we come home tired and we come home Mm -hmm. spent and we come home frustrated sometimes from some really hard situations, adult level (laughs) problems. Um, And it's okay to not have the best response. And then even model, man, I, I need you know, I, I didn't respond very well in that situation because then you're modeling the complexity of we don't always have the perfect response. Yeah. And this is how you can handle it this way. Apologizing to my kids, being honest that I'm really tired and I just don't have it in me to, to engage tonight. Um, Tra- that transparency, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you're still the adult in the relationship, but mm-hmm. I think I really, the more I can and maybe this is what's key is it's not necessarily having the perfect mindset, but it's having the developmental mindset that mm. everything I'm doing, I am modeling for them how to navigate complex adult relationships yeah. and complex emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like even, um, I mean, I went through a, a pretty dark season of several years of mourning over the loss of my and my parents. And I felt very unemotional unemotionally engaged. Um, And I was honest with my kids during that season Mm -hmm. and they were older, you know, they were in preteen and teen years. And it wasn't like I was honest with all my raw pain, but I I was okay being in that season and knowing I didn't have a ton. I wasn't who I am now, but, but I was modeling what it looks like to walk through a season of mourning and Mm -hmm. grief in a healthy way. Um, so I think some of it too is just being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and being willing to walk through those complex emotions helps them navigate them too. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of want to take it just a little bit further on that because I think uh, with parents, one another job you have is to persistently take care, guard, watch closely your heart um, during this whole time of parenting a teenager, because um, that's where, you know, life starts. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 says, keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. So um, Heather, can give me your thoughts on that. Like, how does the heart um, kind of deal with parenting? Um, I mean, some of my thoughts with the heart go to back to the emotions piece. Yeah. So understanding, I mean, they, they say that 
you know, there's this, the numbers are staggering. It's like two thirds of adults don't even know how to accurately label an emotion, you know, that, <laughs> wow. that we have some, you know, we have some repertoire of like 10 or 15 labels, you know, when really mm. there's like hundreds of yeah. different emotions. So I think some is just even <laughs> allowing ourselves to, to name emotions, maybe even scary emotions, and not not be threatened by that or not be overwhelmed by that. Yeah, allowing um, it to be a stigma yeah. or, a, or a final eternal condition. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's actually some of the work that I'm doing in the last couple of years is trying to be more of an observer in my own life mm. with less judgment. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, you know, I can feel this emotion and I might not have control over the physiological emotional response, but I have control over my mind and what my thought process is, what my inner critic is afterwards. Um, and so some is just taking that level of um, honest observer of the emotions I am having, maybe in response to my husband or my coworkers or my children. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that was a strong response that just came out right there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little note of that and I'm going to come back to that later and spend some time reflecting and, and praying, asking God, where did that, where did that come from? Is that, that seemed a little over the top yeah, for the yeah. situation. Um, so I don't know if you want to yeah. comment more. No, on, I like, I like what no, Heather's good. saying there, because you're talking about what Proverbs and the scriptures are really focusing on, which is that we have to not only take care of and guard our heart, but we have to watch it closely. Yeah. And, and that's what you're talking about is being aware and and then selective and noting because that's that's when we recognize that as we're doing that, that's where life flows out of. Right? Yeah. Scripture says in Matthew that it, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And and yeah. so as you're as you're talking about that, it it makes all that stuff start kind of cascading, you know, from there. Because, you know, I wrote down a couple of things that I was thinking about of if your heart is burdened. How does that express itself yeah. in life? So again, what's going on in your heart? If your heart's energized, how does that play out in your life? And what are your what are your teens seeing? If your heart is overwhelmed and it has too much spinning around, yeah. what does that look like? If it's fragile, if it's insecure, if it's defensive, um, I, I like what you said though because sometimes you have to be able to identify that. Yeah, and and some of you parents, like we know that some of the, some of us have great community networks that you can talk to and process this. And then some of us don't. And I know that that's sometimes a struggle Yeah, because then these pieces then either play out with our kids and almost too much transparency right. and rawness, or we hold it all in and yeah. then it comes out in On explosions. And then we explode. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is why we care about your emotional health, your spiritual health as adults that are trying to navigate this because we know it's complex. And and this is why we're we're trying to reflect and, and muse on this. And we will be getting to some practical tips and and directives as well that we think can can be helpful. Yeah. And and just continuing to, you know, in this podcast talking about health of a parent, we know as a parent you're getting to a point where you're alive where you're looking back and you're like, oh, yeah. did I do a good job as a parent? Did I do a good job as a human being? And, you know, insecurities come up and, you know, I'm learning in my own life that insecurities really do take and uh, filter through every conversation that I have. And so when you have a teenager that um, attacks those insecurities or makes you feel worse than you already do, a lot of emotions come up. And that's why what Matt just said is so important that if you don't have a community around you, um, find one. If you do, awesome. Uh, Because in the reality is you are not alone in the feelings that you have. 
towards your teenager, towards how you're feeling about yourself, feeling as of inadequacy or feelings that you don't know what you're doing. Most parents feel that way. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why what, what Heather, what you're doing here at Bridgeway is really important because we're trying to, to create more of these communities for parents of teens, young parents, yeah. sometimes people that aren't even married so that those networks exist. Oh right? yeah. So because of that reality of so many people are trying to do this alone yeah. or they're trying to do it in isolation. Um, your, your missional community that you and Dave run, that is, you guys all have teens in your missional yes. community as well. How has that played out in terms of how you guys process and grow with one another with what's going on in terms of load or drama or whatever with your, with your teens? Is that something we can ask? Yeah, I think that I think that that overwhelming message of yeah, you're not alone um is really important. Um and I think that I mean this sounds kind of funny, but we, one of the things we're a very diverse group of families with teens and we all have different parenting styles. So I think one of the things that comes through in it is um I I feel like we try to respect and honor each other's differences while encouraging each other's the heart of it, you know, because mm-hmm. we all want what's best for our kids. We want what's best in their lives. We might go about it differently. Um, and so I think that that finding a community of people that are concerned about the heart of your children, not necessarily the way it goes about being developed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's not just like-minded. Do A, B, C, D. Yeah, but yeah. But no, like, how is their heart? Where yeah, are they at right. spiritually? Yeah. What's going on And how's your heart as, a, as an adult? You know, where can I, I? I feel like the key in our missional community is is really encouragement. And, and I love that, right, we are giving each other courage to keep going, yeah. <laughs> to keep trying, to keep doing the work that it's worth it, um, you know, to, to keep praying, to keep um, learning, to keep growing. Um, and I feel like that's the, the key of the community. We might not all have the same parenting philosophy, but we all love our kids and love each other's kids. Amen. So, yeah, and that's such a really great opportunity for you guys, and I'm sure you do this, where you pray not only for your kid, but you pray for yeah. the other parents' kids, right? Yeah. And so you go into this missional community, you're like, oh, how was that conversation that we were praying for? Or how was that? How was that thing that you were really worried about? And then you can hear from another parent, hey, good job. And that's yeah. really it gets you like, yes. <laughs> Woo. So so let's um let's kind of like try to land the plane a little bit on this, which I mean it's impossible to land a plane of this massive size <laughs> um, perfectly. But uh, but to talk about okay, you know we're talking about healthy parents and emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy. What what are some tips, Heather, that we can that, that you would want to give to parents on how to approach their health, their heart, some of these things we've been talking about, and then you know Cliff and I might chime in, yeah, as well. I think the, you need to start with an honest assessment. So, I mean, really, and and really give yourself grace that we're not aiming for perfection, yes. <laughs> that it's an ongoing process of transformation. So, um, I think starting with an honest assessment of where am I at right now in my spiritual health, my emotional health, my physical health, um, and all of those areas, we didn't get to talk about this, but all of those areas require a certain amount of time, space, margin, whatever you want to call that, to be able to have the energy to make changes. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a whole nother podcast probably on (laughs) talking about creating space. But 
Um, so I would start with an honest assessment of where you're at um, and then prayerfully uh, ask God for kind of what is the next area of growth and then try to press into that for a season. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that really having the lens of seasons is super important. So um, we're never going to have, you know, balance is, is, what do you call that? Balance is a, is a pipe dream. It never happens. <laughs> I mean, it is, it, it, you sh- actually, I feel like we shouldn't strive for balance because nothing's ever in, in balance. Um, but we can look at our seasons and see what God's asking for us in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we're run, we're sprinting and we don't have a lot of margin and it's just going to be what it's going to be. But that yeah. can't be forever. Um, and we have to take an honest assessment and go, okay, I need a season where I'm working on my physical health. You know, I've got some challenges going on right now, and that needs to be a focused effort for a season. Um, or, you know, boy, I'm I'm finding myself having a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, depression, whatever it may be. I need to spend some time in a season of working on my emotional health. Maybe yeah. you need to go get some counseling. Maybe you need to get in a, you know, a, a accountability group or you yeah. know some type of prayer group or you know that, but I think we need an honest assessment of where we're at, um, and then try to focus, you know, for a period of three, six, you know, eight months in growing in that specific area. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, it's cool because what you were talking about, I was reading an article from Kara Powell, who's one of the leaders of the Fuller Youth Institute, yeah. and she was using the example of swimming and how, like, when you're swimming, you have a, you know, there's a difference between swimming in open water and then being in a pool where you have to push off. A wall, and she uses that metaphor of talking about how, like, we all need a wall um, in our life. We need a wall that can be a support that you can go to for that rest, or go to for you know using it as a bounce off, so that you can go back into the next lap, kind of the next yeah. season. Um, and she talks about that because she says we need that because our kids need that, yeah. our teens. And so you're going to be a wall for them, and they need that steady place that they can go to and stop and rest or even push off of and get that encouragement, all these things that we've been talking about. But we we do need those walls and to look out for those those seasons. And that's something you've heard us probably say a lot on this episode alone is that we don't want you to be alone. And and if you need support, like we encourage you to contact us here at Bridgeway. Um, the, the pastors, the the youth ministry, the missional communities, like there's a lot that we try to create to support and, uh, and bring that empathy. Uh, another thing I would love to add is that I always like to to remind myself and encourage myself as a parent um, that we are qualified even when we don't feel qualified. And, and the reason why I say that and look at it that way is because I have to remind myself because I my identity is with the Father, because I have access to his word and his people, that gives me actually some of the highest qualifications to do what I'm doing um, as a parent of my kids who I just have one going into the preteen years right now. But that's like one of the things I, I hold on to, I grip onto. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. You would think I'd be like, oh, I'm more than qualified. No, those things don't give me the skills for this this piece we're talking about, but those faith pieces, those identifying pieces with the Father, with his word, with his people, those encourage me a lot. And yeah. uh, and I also like Heather what you True. were talking about about surrender, you know, because that's where like we often have to just hold our hands out and go in the end God is in control. Yeah. Like you said, he cares way more about our kids than we do. And so we're trying to constantly go, 
okay, God, I, I want to surrender more into your hands yeah. and trust you more. And it's not hands off. It's just going, I I want to work closer with what you're doing right. and not just what I'm thinking I should do yeah. in my reaction with my overwhelm, you know? Yeah, and yeah. So I, I mean, in the, in the early years, I think when I, I felt really, really overwhelmed, um, I would speak, honestly, I'd speak those words of blessing over myself. Mm -hmm. You know, Lord, you gave me these children. I am the perfect parent. (laughs) They're the perfect kids in, in, you know, in a redeemed way. Um, And that's such an honor, you know, that I'm good for them and they're good for me. And let's walk this journey um, together. You yeah. know, in growth and in the good and the bad, you know, it's a, it is a, it is a beautiful mutual blessing. And when I'm able to see them through that lens and they're able to see me through that lens, then you can work through all the, the anger and the annoyances and the, the bad decisions and the good decisions because you know that God has given each other, you each other as gifts. Amen. Yeah. And when you, when you look at, you know, your, your teenager and think in that lens yeah. of, I was supposed to be their parent. Yeah. Um, and you don't look at, you know, all the negatives at your mindset changes. Cause I, I can't imagine what it would be like for you as a parent to wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I am the parent that this, this yeah. student needs. Needs. Yeah. Um, and so your next conversation with them is maybe one of more confidence and maybe one of more compassion. Cause you're like, I know the Lord has placed me as their parent for a reason. Yeah. And I know that's a very cliche right. phrase, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and when we believe in the sovereignty of God and how he knows, I mean, I look at me, I, my parents said they couldn't have kids and then my mom got pregnant with me. It's like, you know, it just happens. Providence. Providence, exactly. But it, it's one of those things where you can look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and be like, yes, I'm here for a reason. Um, and, you know, for all you parents out there, God trusts you. I know it's it's hard to hear that sometimes, but God does trust you. So be confident in that and know that your decisions, yeah, you're not perfect. You're going to mess up sometimes. That's okay. But your decisions are the decisions that the Lord knows you're going to make and trust that you're going to love your student through that. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you with that Yeah. today. I think it's also good for us to um, dismiss the myths that tend to be out there about parenting and about health yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the the professors over at William Jessup, Fritz Moga, um, he teaches a lot of our youth men courses, including family dynamics and stuff. And, you know, he goes through and talks about how you have to dismiss the myth that good families have no problems. Yeah. And this is what, you know, Heather was talking about. Yeah. Um, you have to dismiss totally. the myth that bad children equal bad parents. Yeah. And it's, you know, oh, it's your fault um, that two parent families are always healthier than single parent. That's that's something that we tend to assume, but it has to do with the health of that couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, that good family has its children in many activities. That's another thing that we tend to equate with success. Um, or that the father's primary responsibility is work and the mother's primary role is at home. I mean, these are myths that we still often allow to dictate how we feel and how that affects our spiritual and emotional help. And, uh, and so we don't want to become occupied with these because then those myths sometimes keep us from going deeper and caring about these things of the heart that we're, we're talking about because those have kind of more control and more power. Um, um, any last thoughts as we have kind of one more moment here? Um, so Heather, if you had one, one thing to say to a parent that was right in front of you right now um, to encourage them, to equip them, what would you say? Um, 
the relationship is always more important than the right answer. <laughs> so, good. you know, I think that no matter what you're going through, and this has been a huge lens for us in the teenage years as our kids um, become their own people and they're becoming more and more different from Dave and I and doing different things than not bad things, just different things. Yeah. Um that we just really, really, we tell each other the relationship is most important. The relationship is most important. So much more important than, you know, how they're coming across to other people or how I might think that reflects on me. Or yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's, it, I value these three, these three little treasures, you know, that are all taller than me. But <laughs> um, but they they really are. I mean, they're like these, these little treasures that God has given to me, and I want a relationship with them for life. Yeah. And so I really, in these last few years that we have with them, we're really thinking about what type of relationship am I building with them now because I want a relationship with them for life. Yeah. And I want them to have healthy relationships for life. Yeah. So um, I would just encourage the parent to— um, to really have that lens, you know, is what you're doing now building the relationship for later. It's um, really good. Amen. No, that's okay. great. That's great. That's good. Um, I, I have a statement from Kara Powell I think might be encouraging. She said this, we have to be reminded this life is not a dress rehearsal. The last minute run to the drugstore with your middle schooler mm. to buy a poster board for a school project, that conversation with a high school senior stressed out about college admission deadlines. Yeah. Those are the moments that matter. Those are the moments that add up to total life. These are the hours and days we have, and we want to savor them to the fullest. Yeah, so that's really um, good. But yeah. but Heather was saying the same thing from a much more personal, like this, you know, how you were reflecting on it with with your. But kids. I think that's a really good quote. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for following us on this episode of Engaging Parenting as we've been talking about being and learning how to grow as a healthy parent of teenagers. And so if you have questions or things that you would love for us to cover, you can email us at ask at bridgeway.church and just put attention engaging parenting. And that way we can try to cover things that you are directly dealing with or have questions on. But Heather, we want to thank you for being here and for uh, kind of sharing with us some of these thoughts. And then look out for the next episode that's going to be coming, that's going to be talking on media and what media and technology is doing with your teens mind and hearts so make sure to listen in and tune in for that and thanks for following us here have a good day thank you for listening to the engaging parenting podcast hosted by pastor matt bach and pastor cliff woodward presented by bridgeway christian church for more information about bridgeway and other content visit bridgeway.church